Hello, this is Linda Yunjin. Danielle Gaudet. Courtney Lindoff. And you're listening to the For a New Humanity podcast from Earth Management TV. Today's episode is, can changing the way we think really solve our problems? Okay, so I feel like we need to clarify what we mean by think here, because I'm just so used to, in my practice of energy training and meditation, I'm always trying to get out of my thinking, and I'm always sharing to my students to get out of our thinking and into our feeling so that we can get out of our judging and analyzing, but let, so that that's not exactly what we're talking about here, right? What Can we clarify what do we mean when we say changing our thinking? Yeah, so that's a good point, Danielle, that you bring up because it is a knee-jerk reflex that when we say thinking, we automatically think about logic, knowledge, you know, and accumulation of both. But what we're we're talking about is thinking in terms of perspective. So when we say changing the way we think, it's about changing the way we perceive things. And that's because how I perceive myself and how I perceive others and things like how I perceive the world, how I perceive my situation and the things that happen to me and around me, how I basically process information from the world outside and inside of myself. If I change that, which can be described as thinking or perspective, it changes everything. How I perceive someone or something changes how I act towards them. Like, for example, if I perceive somebody as being helpful in my life, obviously how I act towards them, how I talk towards them, how I respond to them will be completely different from another person that in my mind, I think they are harmful to me. If I perceive them as a threat or a harmful person, definitely how I act, how I talk, how I react to that person will be completely different. And that's all about perspective. And that bleeds into everything else in life, not just human relationships, your work, your situation, how you perceive it totally changes your behavior. Right. So it's it's less about thinking. It's more about perspective. And, you know, the truth is you can't change your thinking with your thinking. Impossible. So, if you tried, you might feel like you're going crazy, right? So Changing your thinking means changing your mind. It means changing your energy. It means becoming more aware of your belief system. And this is where that that self-care or developing self-awareness becomes really important. Yeah, and I, I want to mention that, you know, I feel like as a whole, humanity, of course, there are exceptions to this whole, but I'm talking really general terms here. I feel like humanity's general way of operating right now, how we treat each other, how we perceive each other and how we perceive the world is a me versus you kind of system, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a society that is centered around competition, centered around success, centered around this idea that in order for me to win, in order for me to survive, in order for me to live, I have to defeat you. I have to kill you. I have to overcome and step on you for me to come out at the top. And that's kind of how our society is taught. You know, even from school, there can only be one person who is valedictorian. There's only one class president. There's only one number one of your grade. So we're through our education, we're taught that our value system is you have to trample your way to the top to get what you want in life because there's 
no room for two winners. There, you know, there's a saying, nobody remembers second place. So there's no room for two winners. There's only one winner. And that's kind of the narrative that we are operating in as a whole in society today. Yeah, I actually remember that from my school days. Like we're taught this from a very young age to 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 win and to compete and to get in the best colleges. It's it's ingrained in us really young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think we can so clearly see, right, how much that perspective, that perception is is making us sick and making our society sick and making our world sick. And what we really need to do is get out of that, like you're saying, that me and you, which is really kind of like me, 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 and expand to more embracing a, a wider viewpoint that includes bo- both of us. It's an ex- expansion, I think, of perspectives, which comes, you know, what what do we need for that? I feel like we need a lot of communication, conscious conversations where we're self-aware, we're listening to the other, we're seeking to understand the other. You know, we have to have interest to understand and hear and feel the other and even to empathize with them and to expand our ability to have compassion for their viewpoint, even if it's not my viewpoint. When we can get into the other's shoes, I think compassion starts to grow in this we, we concept over just me, me, me starts to happen naturally in our heart. I think that we're so much, I mean, why can't we just live like that, right? I feel like we're in such a, fog. We don't see clearly. We don't see ourselves clearly. We don't see the other clearly. We're blocked in our own narrow, as you're saying, viewpoint and perspective. Sometimes I think of it like a, like a window. If we're just to kind of see it more clearly, if we're all standing in front of a window, looking out, we're looking out at the world, but the window is foggy because our perce- perception and our consciousness is foggy a lot of the times, like hazy and sleepy and, and just not clear in a kind of numb state. So it's like a fogged window and I can rub off one little circle and see what I see. Like, let's say I see a car and then the person, you know, nearby rubs off their circle and they see a tree and then we can start fighting. No, there's a car out there. No, there's a tree out there. We can argue because it's different. But if we both keep rubbing it off, if we seek to expand, to expand, to clear our mind, and grow our perception, then we can see, oh yeah, there is a car and there is a tree and there's more trees and there's a street and there's houses and we see together. Oh, we're in a neighborhood here. Oh, there's a forest. We see the same picture together. So we have to each individually want to do that work of seeing where my mindset is right now and opening my mindset more widely so that we can we can empathize. We can have more compassion. Can I just say I love that metaphor? <laughs> so wipe your windows, people. Wipe your windows. <laughs> yeah, and I I really do love what you say, Danielle. Um, especially about kind of shifting from this tunnel vision to seeing more of my peripherals in yeah. different angles, and I think that's a true sign of somebody's maturity. Um, even when, you know, in our natural 
aging process as human beings, when you, when we're young, when we're kids, we're only able to see my perspective, you know, like kids just, it's all about me, 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 right? But as we gain more life experience, as we communicate with more people, as we gain a wider sense of empathy and compassion, like you said, Danielle, for other people through our experiences, we're able to see a wider perspective and expanding our consciousness, expanding our perception of ourselves and the world. And I think that's very important um, because a lot of the time, you know, people, unfortunately, they may think that they're seeing things from other people's perspective. But a lot of the times I want to ask, are you truly seeing that person's perspective from their eyes or are you seeing that person's perspective from your eyes, you know, with my filters, with my beliefs, with things that I want to project onto this person, even though on the surface, I'm I'm going to say, yeah, I get what you're saying. Oh, I see from your perspective, but I'm actually projecting what I believe onto you rather than truly trying to understand the situation, see the situation from how this person is seeing the world. I think that's true understanding seeing, trying to see the situation from their eyes, their filters, their way of operating. Yeah. yeah. And if you think about it, that's a natural form of, of maturation, right? You talked about when you're a kid, of course, all you can think about is you. You've got your parents to take care of you. And as you get older, you know, you start to, you're supposed to expand and think of other people, right? Like that's becoming mature. But I think what happens when we get adults, we still holding on to this competitive or this survival mindset, um, that becomes hard to do. Your, your, your focus gets really narrow because you have to feed yourself. You have to feed your family. You have to take care of this, that, and the other thing. And ultimately it comes down to safety. If you don't feel safe, it's really hard to think about and consider other people in your actions. And by nature, we're just going to think about ourselves because we need to get our needs met. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It's, so true. It's so hard. And then, and then, but then you see our society, let's just say in America, where majority of people have their needs met, not everyone, but a large majority, but then that they become almost worse to be, you know, in this narrow view, even though they have needs met, they want more needs met and more needs met. So I feel like it has to start with the self-awareness, right? Well, you're talking about this need for safety. It's not only just to get my food on the table and to have a house to live in. Like the human ego has this desire in it, you know, kind of like uh, you, Linda's saying when we're children, yeah, we we want to be safe. It's part of our ego. We're like me, me, so that we can live and survive and grow. And then that remains in our ego. It doesn't go away, but the maturing process is to become aware of myself that I have that kind of desire inside my ego. My ego also has a lot of desire to control things. My e ego also has a lot of desire to be recognized. It has these constant desires. It's very normal. It's very natural. But am I going to let that run my life? Mm. So that being controlled by that help me live a healthy life, help me you know, love and have a healthy relationship with others? Is it helping the world? So I think it starts with that awareness of just the, being a human, yeah. having a body, having an ego, what that makes me feel, how I can be threatened, how I can want to be safe. But does following that need 
get me to a really healthy and positive place? Is it helping this world? Yeah. And, and does it make me, I don't think it's going to be helping you. Yeah. And does it make me the person that I want to become in the future? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. And that's why expanding our consciousness is so important. Right. That's the, the key. Expanding our consciousness and wanting to expand our consciousness, the willing to check myself. Is my, where is my consciousness level at this moment? How expanded is it or how narrow is my view? We also need to be forgiving of ourselves too. If we get narrow, it's okay because we want to be checking so that we can keep growing and expanding in that way. Right. Yeah. And ultimately, I don't think you can be happy if you're, if you're living from that tunnel version, if you're letting your controlling side, your, your need for recognition, like run your life. I don't think that leads to a, a very, a life of contentment or, or satisfaction at, at all. Um, you- right. Right. When people are honest with themselves, they're definitely going to feel that. I, I feel that. Yeah. And when we talk about this expanding of consciousness, I think an easy way to kind of understand that for people who are like, okay, what does expanding of consciousness really mean is I like to think of it as expanding the container in which I can hold life, right? Hold all the information and relationships and all the things that I kind of experience in life. If my container that I can hold all these things is just a small mug, it's different from somebody whose container is like a gallon tank, right? Mm -hmm. Even just those containers, the amount of water that they can hold is different. So using that as a metaphor, if my kind of, I guess, mindset or if my attitude is like a small mug, I can only contain a small mug's worth of information and relationships and depth and quality of life as a small mug. So do I want to be a small mug or do I want to be a big, big, like ocean-like person that can hold so much water? Like somebody who can tolerate and hold so many things that life has to offer. I I like to think of consciousness as like a container within me in which I can hold life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Speaking of consciousness and expanding of consciousness, which we like to share on Earth Management TV, and we talk about a lot in all of the content that we create, is I want to introduce this idea of Hongik. So Hongik is H-O-N-G-I-K. Hongik is probably a term you've never heard before. It's a term that stems from East Asia in the ancient Sun Tao religion that originates from what is now Korea, Japan, China, that area of the world. And this idea is basically simply put a philosophy in which I operate that benefits all life. And now the emphasis is all life, because when we say all life, I am also included in all life. In our modern society, when we think about benefiting someone, we think about benefiting someone else at the cost of my well-being. So I sacrifice myself, I give up something, I give up my time, I give up my energy, I give up my money to benefit somebody else. And we think that is doing good for the world. But I'm sure there's so many healers and people who are living this way, who are listening to this podcast. Does that make you energized or drained? It drains the F out of you. (laughs) It's not sustainable at all, right? So what I love about Hongik is, 
it's a win-win situation. It's this philosophy of benefiting other people, but finding a way through this expanded consciousness, through this big container of my mind and heart, how can I also do something that benefits me, takes care of me as well? And if we can operate this way, the shift in the mindset of how we think, act, behave towards myself and other people will be so different because I'm thinking about how can I make this person in front of me win? And also, how can I do something that makes me feel like I'm a winner too because I took care of my needs? Right, right. I think, I mean, can you imagine what the world would look like if we all thought that way? I mean, you could even use that as a moral compass, asking yourself that question when you're making these big choices. Is it good for me? And is it good for all? Um, and if it can fill both those categories, then, you know, charge, charge full speed ahead. That means it's, it's a good choice. It's a choice that's going to be good for you, the people around you, um, and the earth. I think that if we all kind of adopted that mindset, we would treat each other different. Um, our, our political systems would be different. Our educational systems would be different. Our, uh, everything, the way we operate would change if we all worked from that kind of mindset, what's good for me and what's good for all. And that means all. Yeah, I know. Well, I know for myself, when I just imagine that world, I naturally start to feel kind of relief in my heart, a relaxing feeling and something very bright, like, Oh, that would be so great. Hope is arising. I, I think it's just in the human heart to desire to see that kind of humanity in earth. I, I feel that's at the in the essence of yeah. myself. Yeah. And we're talking about this as something that's like not like that that's beyond our norm, but actually Hongik is our natural state of being. This this symbiotic win-win kind of system already exists in nature. You know, there's parasites who benefit from the host, but then the host somehow benefits from this bacteria being in their body. This idea of win-win is prevalent in society. That's how nature operates naturally, right? Through many win-win situations where every living organism benefits each other in some way. So I, my point is, Hongik is not something that's like out there and we need to strive for. It's something that's already natural. How we are living now is actually unnatural. And when we live in a long time in a state of abnormality, the thing about the brain is we start to perceive the abnormal as normal because it's been here for a long time. So because our society now has been this way of competing and fighting and trampling over each other for a long time, we've started to believe that this is our natural way of being, but it's not. Hongik is the natural way of being. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we have to understand that first and foremost. Yeah. It will be so amazing if human beings can get back there to our origin, to our original nature. And when we realize it as our original nature, we feel inspired to find our way back there. Yeah. And yeah, then earth management will be possible. Right. Right. And then going back onto like, you know, perception and even Hongik is a shift in the way that I operate and think. You know, we might, and our whole topic is, our podcast topic is about can shifting the way you think and perceive really change the world. And Hongik is a perfect example of that. If I think of how can I benefit someone and myself, 
how I think, operate, and behave will be completely different. And nothing in my reality might have changed. It's just me, how I think has changed. So I like Mm -hmm. to use this metaphor about the power of intention and the power of perception. So um, imagine you have a pen in your hand, right? You have a pen in your hand. When you look at this pen, would you say the pen is good or the pen is bad? You know, that's how we kind of filter the world. Everything that we see in front of us, whether it's a person or an event or a thing, we say, okay, is this good or is this bad? And then we compartmentalize and put this thing in boxes based on our memories. But if you hold up this pen in front of you and you say, is this pen good or bad? It's not inherently good or it's not inherently bad. It's how I intend to use this pen and how I perceive this pen that makes it a force of good or a force of bad. For example, I can use this pen to write inspirational messages that change a society. I can write, I can write and use this pen to write messages that awaken consciousness, that uplift people, that motivate people, and that would definitely make this pen something that's good. But this same pen, nothing about this pen has changed. It still has its same physical form and it still has the same amount of ink inside. If I use this pen to kill somebody, literally use it to stab somebody to death, sorry for the gruesome analogy, (laughs) but the point being is that with my intention shifting, now this pen has turned into a force of bad. But the reality of the pen is still the same. The pen is still here. So I want to use that as a metaphor for your life too. Everything in your life, reality might be the same. You're in the same house. You're in the same car. You have the same husband, the same wife, the same kids, the same job. Your reality is the absolute same as before. But if I shift the way I think, the way I perceive my house, my car, my wife, my husband, my kids, my job, and the way that I behave towards them of win-win situation like Hongik, okay, before I wasn't behaving that way, but now I'm going to see how can I benefit me and my house? Me and my car, me and my wife, me and my husband, me and my kids, me and my coworkers. Changing that way of thinking will completely change the chain reaction of events that will happen from that shift in my perception and thinking. Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. that's the really important point that I wanted to bring. Your reality doesn't have to change. If your way of thinking changes, everything changes as a domino effect. Yeah, it's a really good point. And when I hear you say that, first of all, the metaphor resonates, even though a li- little gruesome, yes, but I think it's a gruesome, sorry. <laughs> I think it's a really perfect metaphor. And then as I listen to you, I feel what, okay, so how do we get there? And then the key is in, I mean, it's a very simple shift. For, and when you see it like that, nothing changes. It's just a simple internal shift. So it has to start with my wish for that, my intention, right? That's what I heard you say, intention. I have to want it. So again, each one of us, it's kind of our responsibility. It's sort of our duty as a human now standing at this moment where we have this potential to keep growing the human consciousness to ask ourselves, what what do I want? What do I want right now? What do I want? For myself, how do I want to live? What kind of life do I want? What kind of relationships do I want? What kind of world do I want to see? 
what do I want? I think asking this question is the beginning of changing this thinking and this perception that we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why we encourage people about Earth Hour. It's a tangible choice you can make. And, you know, you're turning off your lights and trying to conserve energy, but it's also a time to connect with yourself. It's a time for you to check in. You know, what am I choosing? You know, who do I want to be? How do I want to live? You know, if, if we all took an hour out of our day to really work on ourselves that way, um, I think also the world could could be improved for the better. Yeah, I think that's great. Using Earth Hour to check my choices. What have I been choosing today? Where am I at right now? And what would I like to keep choosing so that I could be more expanded, more compassionate, more hungry? Yeah. Yeah. And good thing you said that because I was just going to say, Courtney, what you mentioned about Earth Hour is a perfect example of hungry because yeah. we're benefiting the Earth by turning the lights off, reducing the carbon footprint and the carbon emissions that are possible, turning the light off, benefiting the Earth. And it might seem like, okay, I'm sacrificing my comfort, sacrificing my well-being because now I'm in darkness. This sucks. You know, you might think that way, which is your also way of thinking. But a shift in that thinking would be like, okay, yes, I'm in darkness right now. Yes, I cannot do the things that I was doing before. But how can I use this time to benefit myself? Right. Oh, you know, I know. I've been sitting all day. So why don't I go for a walk? That's good for me. Or I've been so busy tending to the needs of everybody at work. Why don't I take a step back and do some meditation and do some breathing so I can recenter and rebalance myself? That is a perfect example of how I can shift my situation, shift my thinking, because my reality is still the same. I'm still sitting in darkness. The lights are still off, right? But how I perceive this darkness right now and what I choose to do with it, with the mind of Hongik, benefiting the earth, not at the cost of my well-being, but benefiting the earth. And how can I use this time to benefit myself? Your entire life will be different. It will determine whether you spend your earth hour in misery. Oh my God, I heard from these crazy girls on earth management TV that I should turn my lights off. And now I'm sitting in darkness for one hour. This completely sucks. I hate it. You can sit like that for one hour or you can think like, okay, how can I benefit myself? So you go on a walk, do some meditation, do some breathing, take some time for yourself. And then after the hour, you know, I feel really great. I feel like I took care of myself. I feel like I connected with myself and love myself. It's that difference. The reality is the same. Your perception, your attitude, your way of operating changed. Yeah. You might even have the perception too, like, oh, I don't have time to do this. Like, I don't have time to stop my day. But if you think about how much more effective you might be by taking a break, by connecting to yourself, by recharging, um, you might find you change your mind about that too. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Do we just come full circle with this topic? For sure. <laughs> we just made a full circle with this. <laughs> yes. And I think that's a perfect place for us to wrap up today. So please stay tuned. Our next episode is going to be about owning our body, mind, and our consciousness. We're going to be talking about taking charge of our health rather than being a victim to our circumstances, our environment. And, you know, what does it really mean to take charge of my own health? So thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. I hope now you feel inspired to shift, make those soft changes that shift 
your way of perceiving because that's much easier than shifting your reality. So thank you so much and stay tuned for the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.